Hello, welcome everybody. Let's talk about the Fed's boom and bust cycle and what it means for your money. The US Federal Reserve has started the interest rate hiking cycle. Or so it seems. The bank increased the federal funds rate by 0.25% in March 2022 and in May a 50 basis point rate hike is likely, taking the federal funds rate to 05 to 0.75%, which admittedly is still very low by historical standards, especially given, given the annual US consumer goods price inflation hitting 8.5% in March, and which has caused real interest rates to hit a dramatic record low. The Fed's policy tightening raises a number of questions. How high will it increase interest rates to bring down inflation? What will be the consequences for the economy and financial markets? Can recession and the capital markets crash be prevented? To answer these questions, let us first remind ourselves how today's monetary system, a fiat money system, works. In a fiat money system, the central bank, in close cooperation with commercial banks, increases the credit supply beyond real savings and expands the quantity of money out of thin air. As a result, the market interest rate is artificially lowered compared to a situation in which the credit and money supply would not have been increased. An artificial economic upswing, a boom, sets in. A fiat money-driven boom is inflationary. It erodes the purchasing power of money, distorts relative goods prices, encourages malinvestment, fuels speculative bubbles in asset markets, allows some people to benefit at the expense of many others, and drives consumers, firms and governments to accumulate ever greater amounts of debt. The fiat money boom is not sustainable. It will turn into bust as soon as the increase in credit and money has run its course in terms of pushing up prices and wages. To prevent the bust from unfolding, the central bank usually lowers interest rates further injects a fresh dose of credit and money into the economy, hoping that a new boom will ensue. Over time, however, the economy and financial markets become ever more dependent on the continuation of a monetary policy that pushes interest rates to ever lower levels and expands the quantity of credit and money. Major economies around the world, be it the US, the Euro area, China, Japan, the United Kingdom, Switzerland and many others have become addicted to fiat money. Against this backdrop we can return to the questions we raised at the beginning. Goods price inflation is unlikely to fall for years if the Fed acts now because the current rise in goods price inflation is fueled primarily by the expansion of the money supply since the end of 2019. Since then, the Fed has increased the US money stock M2 by 42%, an enormous monetary overhang that is now translating into higher goods price inflation. It is fair to assume that the Fed's interest rate hikes will, at best, slow down future money supply growth. 
Still, they will not reduce the current monetary overhang and its inflationary effects. The elevated consumer goods price inflation will therefore continue for quite some time so that a further significant decline in the purchasing power of the US dollar can be expected in the coming years. The continued economic expansion accompanied by high inflation, meaning annual CPI inflation between 5 and 10 percent, at times maybe even higher, appears to be something of a best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is the Fed pushing the economy and financial markets over the cliff by raising interest rates too high, making large parts of the existing production and employment structure unprofitable and collapse. Unfortunately, the Fed has a terrible track record in this regard. Just think of the bursting of the new economy bubble in 2000-2001, the global financial and economic crisis of 2008 and 2009, or especially the Great Depression from 1929 to 1933. The Fed set in motion, or at least made a significant contribution to the initial boom, which later turned into bust, causing great hardship for the vast majority of the people. As a response to an unintended economic and financial crash, however, the Fed in our days would, I am inclined to think, likely switch gears relatively quickly and return to an even more inflationary policy, which, of course, could lead to a rather severe inflationary currency crisis. The inconvenient truth is that the Fed does not know the right interest rate level. Of course, a negative real interest rate of currently around minus 8% is clearly problematic as it causes great damage to people's economic prosperity. But how high does the real interest rate have to rise to get the economy and financial markets back on a healthy path? Nobody knows. The Fed meddling with interest rates is pursuing a trial and error process. In recent years, it is quite obvious that the Fed has pushed interest rates too low, causing an inflation problem that is potentially even bigger than the inflation in the 1970s and 1980s, with US CPI inflation now at its highest level in more than 40 years, the Fed may have a great incentive to bolster its tarnished credibility as an inflation fighter and raise interest rates sharply in a fairly short period of time. This increases the likelihood of a worst-case scenario, a large-scale economic and financial market crash. For if the inflow of new credit dries up and the money supply drops as borrowers pay off their bank loans and banks rein in their loan supply, goods price deflation will unfold, which could all too easily collapse the fiat money system altogether. Now, what can you do? What can the investor make of all this? Well, be aware that the boom and bust cycle is alive and kicking. Suppose you are comfortable with the best case scenario, which would mean, from my point of view, that the federal funds rate won't be raised above 25 to 3%. In that case, you could expect that elevated inflation will not go away anytime soon, 
and that the real interest rate will remain in negative territory for longer than many investors are likely anticipating. This makes cash, bank deposits and buy and hold bonds pretty bad allocations for your money. Holding physical gold and silver makes sense for those who wish to maintain liquidity over the medium to long term. And these precious metals are definitely a better choice than time and savings deposits with longer maturities. Stock markets may be in for a bumpy ride and certainly not all firms will survive long periods of elevated inflation. Nevertheless, there are still good reasons for investors to remain long in the stock market for now. Suppose you believe in the worst case scenario outlined above is more likely, implying I would think a federal funds rate above 3%. In that case, you may want to increase your physical gold and silver holdings at the expense of your stock market or financial market exposure, while still considering the loss of purchasing power of money as one of your top portfolio risks. I hope that my talk helped you better understand how the boom and bust cycle created by central banks' fiat money can affect your investments and increase your awareness of how intricate the interplay of the determining factors of boom and bust can be. Okay, thank you very much for your attention. If you enjoyed the video, please like, share, subscribe and ring the bell.